Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. I'm Andy Schmidt, here with Joe Reese. Hello. And Kaylin Klitschke. Hey, guys. Okay, so nobody know, everybody knows Jill. I'm not going to introduce Jill again. By the way, this is the first podcast we're doing on video. We got the cameraman here, Spencer Hampton. Shout out. We're doing... Well, I'll get into that in a second, but I just want to throw this out there. Spencer's single for purposes of this podcast. <laughs> Spencer Hampton is single. Okay, ladies. This, this podcast is dedicated to Spencer. <laughs> it's dedicated to Spencer Hampton. He needs a wife. Um, okay, Kaylin, you've never been on here. No. You want to tell people who you are, where you're from, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I am from Appleton, but I've gone to UW-Madison the past three years. I just graduated, and now I'm working full-time, and I go to DOXA, and I'm just friends with Andy through mutual people. Yeah. Yep. That's it. That's it. Okay, so you might be asking yourself, why do I have two women on? This is the first time I've had two women on, and this is, the name of this is Dating, How Should We Date? Part four. I said I would never do another dating podcast. I completely lied because I just saw a huge, huge problem in the dating world and I was like, we got to talk about it. So that's what we're doing right now. The reason I'm having Kaylin on, I mean, we're basically the same age. She's like 22, I'm 21. Uh, I feel like a broken record on here. I'm always talking about how my generation is terrible at all this stuff. And then I feel like people are like, okay, Andy, we, we don't care what you have to say. So I was like, I'm gonna bring somebody in my generation who's a female to talk about dating. So that's what we did. So it's me and two women, and I don't know how this is gonna go. <laughs> it could go terribly or it could go really good. But um, <laughs> we're gonna talk about dating again. Dating part four. We're gonna, it's gonna be more specific to women. And so I'm gonna be asking the questions, I'm not a woman. Uh, I, I don't understand women, so <laughs> this is good. I'll be asking the questions. You guys will be answering it, and this will be more yet more geared towards women. The last ones I felt like were a little bit more geared towards men because we had Nick and John and a lot of testosterone and all that fun stuff. Okay, so I want to just jump right into it. Mm-hmm. Huge question right out the gate. Kaylin, this is mm-hmm. for you. Jump in whenever. What is the root problem in the current Christian dating culture? I would say more for women. So geared towards women. Yeah. Yeah. So I think what I see with a lot of women my age is that they're idealizing the type of guys that they date. And it looks a lot like the type of guys that culture is telling them to date. So it's like the charming, outgoing, funny, attractive guy. And those are like the guys that everyone wants to go for. And that's really not what the Bible says that we should be looking for. And so not only are we idealizing the type of guys that we're trying to date too, is we're idolizing dating mm-hmm. over marriage or singleness. And the Bible talks a lot about singleness being a gift and it talks about marriage being a good thing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't talk a lot about dating. But for some reason, we're so hung up on the fact that like dating is just gonna be this amazing, awesome experience. And so we're idolizing and elevating dating over marriage and singleness. And we're just idealizing this perfect type of guy that really doesn't even exist. And we're yeah. filtering we're filtering like the type of guys we're looking for through what culture's telling us to look for, like through social media and TV shows and what our friends are telling us to go for, rather than what the Bible and God's word says to be looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's dangerous about that in the Christian world is that we have also wrapped all those like worldly uh, standards and qualifications and characteristics into, we've wrapped it with like Christian words or Hmm. values uh one thing that i hear a lot is like a spiritual i'm looking for a spiritual leader or someone who can lead me spiritually and i think often that does mean 
they're outgoing <laughs> or it's more personality than a godly character yeah. um, and a certain type of guy than a than any you could look a lot of different ways played out in different types of men so um, I think it's dangerous in the Christian world when we have the lens of worldliness and we're calling it you know spiritual things well I think like spiritual leadership is interesting yeah because I think that when people think about leadership they it's like generally people think leadership and they think big personality strong personality Mm -hmm. like bulldoze mentality but God calls all men to be leaders in their family which means that like the men who aren't big personality guys still have the capability of being leaders according to the Bible. So like, I think, right. Switching our mindset on spiritual leadership. So I want to ask then what does that, what is spiritual leadership from a man? So like, what should women be looking for in a man? Because like, you know, there's, there's like a ton of, I mean, people who like are like outgoing and loud, like I'm outgoing and loud, but I might not be as good of a leader as somebody who's not. And so what should people actually be looking for? in spiritual leadership like what does that even mean Mm -hmm. i think um before that there's also this larger goal of what is the goal in a relationship in a marriage Mm -hmm. and um so because that will help determine what kind of person you looked for to marry Mm -hmm. um and so one way that we've gotten off in our culture is we are looking for our it's it's become a consumer culture and we'll get into that more later i think but um, we're looking to meet our own happiness uh, personally versus um, our holiness and the witness of the gospel. Um, and so I think like looking for a good teammate and someone who can um, be a good parent eventually is looking for those qualifications and seeing the horizon line instead of just like right now how that person makes you feel is really important. Yeah, and I think the Bible does have mm-hmm. a lot of scripture that can guide you in what you're looking for in a person to marry. And I think one verse that's been helpful for me is in First Timothy, and it says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And so I think those five things give like a really good kind of like checklist. If you're a person that likes like, these are like the checklist things that I'm looking for. Like someone who sets a good example in speech. How do they talk? How do they speak to others? Especially how do they honor people older than them, people in authority, in conduct? How do they act? How are they serving, especially in their church? How are they serving yeah, how are they serving other people in their lives? Um, in love, w- where is their heart? Um, what things are they loving? What are they putting their time into? In faith, what does their faith look like? How much time are they pouring into their relationship with Jesus? How serious are they about their faith and theology? And how sound is their theology? And impurity, I think that's a huge one. Like what types of, what kind of measures are they taking to protect their purity? In yeah, I think those are like really five things that have guided me when I'm looking for people who I'm like, okay, I don't want to base this on my feelings. I want to base this on the word of God. And so what does he have to say about it? So that's been helpful for me. Yeah. And I do want to say it's, it's important to find someone that you're attracted to and that you think is fun. Like, you know, you can, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But, um, I think the romanticism of like someone doting on you has kind of overshadowed some of those more solid qualities of a, like a person who is individual and secure in themselves and growing in godliness. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just that you see that trajectory over time. 
in their humility and integrity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if the whole purpose of marriage is to set an example of Christ's marriage to the church, you, and you, you're going to have to submit to this person if you're going to be obedient mm-hmm. to the word, this is someone that you're going to submit to in marriage. So actually looking for someone who emulates qualities that you're going to be willing to submit to, because I think there's like this huge fear, right? When like, especially girls I talk to my age with like, feminist movement and like this word submission is like really scary to a lot of girls and it's like well yeah it's going to be really scary to submit to someone if you're going for the guys that you're just idolizing on social media and the bachelor like if that's Mm -hmm. the kind of guy you're going to submit to that is a scary thought but (laughs) if you're actually finding someone who um is obedient to the word and has a strong faith and loves jesus it's going to not be that scary to submit to them and you can actually um be an example of those biblical gender roles in your marriage. I was also thinking about this like earlier that it like, okay, so I was at Doxa. I went to their youth thing, not youth thing. What is your guys' thing? Your college age ministry, salt, not youth. I wasn't at youth group. (laughs) I was not at youth group. I was at at their college age ministry thing just one week. Everybody knows I don't like college age ministries, but I was there for one week and they were talking about submission in first Mm -hmm. Peter. And how that, how basically, like, as wives need to submit to their husbands, like, husbands need to submit to Christ in, in, a, in a different way. So it's not like husbands are, like, off the hook and it's like, we just get to, like, go around and just mm-hmm. boss everybody around. Yeah. Like, if, if it were up to me, I would honestly rather be submissive to, like, a human than be submissive to God because I feel like the responsibility is so much more. And I think that that's thing, something that maybe like modern, like feminist movement, Christian feminist movement, mm-hmm. they don't even think about that. It's like, we're, it's not like men aren't submissive to anything. We actually have a, a mm-hmm. large responsibility and we, we have the responsibility for our family as men. And if we ruin that, we could destroy our family's entire lives. And it's like, is that, do you want that leadership? Like, probably not. I don't know. I can't yeah. even do that. You know? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah. And like, there's call like in scripture too, it says husband, it says wives submit to your husbands, but husbands lay down your lives for your wives. Like that's mm-hmm. a really high calling. And I think we, we like ignore that because we just see the oh, wives submit to your husbands mm-hmm. and we stop there and people get really heated about it. But the calling to lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his life for the church, like that's a huge responsibility and that's mm-hmm. a, like a really high calling. Totally. And so it's not, it's not just, yeah, wives are the lower tier and men are off the hook and they don't have any responsibility in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful in talking about submission to go back to Ephesians five and like zoom out on the whole picture of what Paul is talking about because even before he gets to marriage, Ephesians 5.1 is, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so, again, it's, what is our goal? We have to honestly ask ourselves, as Christians, um, in our relationships, are we trying to be like Christ, or are we trying to satisfy ourselves? Because... Jesus gave himself up in submission to God. <laughs> and yeah. so we're, we're all called to be like that. And mm-hmm. men are called to follow his leadership. And women are called to follow their husband's leadership as an example of that. Um, and also to submit to God mm-hmm. as well. But um, I think we really have to question, what is, am I like idolizing something? Getting back to that question of, mm-hmm. are we idolizing dating? And who is our master? Because we can't serve two masters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, then we got to talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. g- moving into the next like phase of this. 
we talked a lot about in the last couple, like three podcasts on dating, the reason why men don't really want to leave. We talked a little bit about women, women don't want to leave the dating phase, but we didn't talk about like in detail. So men love to stay in the dating phase, especially if they're getting sex because it's like, now I don't have to really commit to this person I'm and we're having sex and sex feels good. Okay, why don't women want to leave the dating phase? Like what's the, what's the issue here? Like I feel like as a woman, there might be more incentive to get married because women are more geared towards like security and that type of thing. But it feels like a lot of times I see women, Christian women who are just like, no, like we'll, we'll, I'll date for five years. Like, I don't want to get married. I'm like, why? So like, why do you guys think that women don't want to leave the dating phase? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I want to go back and clarify. We talked a lot about submission in this podcast about dating. And I just want to say, I wasn't talking about submission and dating. That's a good clarification. <laughs> yeah. yes. You do not have to submit to the person you're dating. That's it's someone you're looking for. Yes. Do I want, is that a good future yes. spouse? But yes. while you're dating, that is not something that's being played. Just wanted to clarify. That's probably a good thing. To <laughs> that is no, absolutely women. a good you, clarification. No, guys, women need to submit to every man that they date. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> I'm gonna cut that's, that section out of me saying that and just like view that as a promotion for, oh for this or something. No, you're right, one million percent. I think we okay. talked about more of this in one of the other gender roles podcasts too. I do want to say we talk about submission more. Yeah, in marriage. So you can in submission marriage. So marriage, you can yeah. talk about. Yeah, you can go back to that. We're talking about in the context of a marriage. Okay. But yeah, I think, so you said that a lot of the reasons that guys don't want to get out of the dating phase is if they're having sex, there's not really a lot of incentive or urgency because... They're already getting what they want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't want to discount that because I think that's true for women too. Like I think women have sexual desires and if those are being met, it takes a lot of the urgency out of getting married. Mm -hmm. But I also think a bigger thing with women is that we seek emotional intimacy in our partners and so I think if you're being super emotionally intimate with the person you're dating and you already are kind of playing this fake marriage with them Mm -hmm. I see a lot of couples who it's like their dating life doesn't look any different from what a married couple would look like because you're spending so much time together you're sharing all these deep dark secrets about yourself you might be having sex you might even be living together or they're like the one person in your life that's like your confidant. And that's a really dangerous place to be because mm-hmm. you're basically playing fake marriage and dating. And so I think, and why would, yeah, why would you want to have the, I don't know, people are always like, why would I want to go through that whole process and like make a covenant with someone if I can just do it while I'm dating? They yeah. don't call it a covenant, but. <laughs> you're basically a covenant. Yeah. And yeah. they dropped all this emotional baggage on the, on the man. Yeah. And so the guy now, I feel, they both feel obligated in this for some reason. I call it emotional sex. When I talk about it with my friends, I'm like, you guys have had it. Like people are having emotional sex all the time and they're whipping out their emotional private parts and doing all, and doing the emotional sex. I think that's what they're doing. Do I honestly the do. emotional sex. Like that's what it is. But people don't, I feel like that's like in the church, like we, people know, like we can't have sex before marriage. We get that. Okay. Some people still do, but it's not as many. And with the emotional stuff, there's not as clear like guidelines and boundaries in scripture. You can't go somewhere and be like, you know, don't have emotional sex because nobody even knows what that means. But one, I think you're right. How then how can women not be so like, how can you be vulnerable in dating and also not vulnerable, like too vulnerable to a point where it becomes codependency and not just like, hey, I'm sharing these things with you because I'm getting to, you're getting to know each other. Does that make sense? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I've had women tell me things who aren't dating me, tell me things that I don't think 
I'm like, dude, if you were dating somebody, I don't know what she would tell them, but you mm-hmm. aren't dating me and you've told me this. Yeah. Like, this is insane. So like, this seems to be a problem. I think that this is a larger culture problem with it, with our understanding of what vulnerability should be and what it's for. Um, vulnerability is meant to be hospitable. So it's meant to be like an open heartedness to welcome someone in, to help them know you, to build trust and intimacy. What it's become is like a dump truck <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of, I need you to carry this for me. And this is all, I'm just going to dump it on you. There's no discretion of, do I trust this person? What's the relationship? Where is it going? But also, um, is it, it's, it's a very selfish vulnerability. It's sharing for that person to feel relieved in some way, mm-hmm. um, versus to grow in a relationship. So, um, I think, I don't know if that distinction makes sense, but um, vulnerability is required, is necessary for growing in trust and intimacy. So if you're dating someone, you have to share more with them over time. You will probably become emotionally attached because that's bonding. Like mm-hmm. if you're not bonding mm-hmm. to someone, you it's going to be hard to get married mm-hmm. <laughs> to them. Mm-hmm. So there is, uh, there is importance in that, but it's also what our... Again, what is the um, orientation of our heart in, is this a selfish thing or is, is this a open heartedness and I'm personally responsible for my own emotions and I'm personally responsible for my own actions and how I heal and this person can't heal me. This person can't make me feel better. Um, they might walk with me and I might be less alone in that thing, but they, yeah. it's not their responsibility to fix you or make you feel better or complete you or change you any of that yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think a really and you asked like what is a way that you can be vulnerable but not too vulnerable Mm -hmm. but i think like a way you can kind of do that too is just make sure that there's other people in your life who know you well and who know these things that you're sharing with whoever Mm -hmm. you're dating like the person you're dating should not be the first person to hear any type of confession or story that you haven't already shared with Mm -hmm people in your life a lot of that's why that's a huge reason why too is I think it's really important to be discipled um when you're younger because there should be someone older than you wiser than you who knows these things about you and is pouring into you in that way and so that when you're yeah when you're like dumping so you're not just dumping this on the person you're dating and if you do choose to tell them this then it's not like if you break up it's like oh my gosh no one else knows this about me and like you have this weird connect connection with them that you shouldn't have with them Mm. um i think that's too why like when people break up when people are super emotionally intimate with just the person they're dating and then they break up it's like almost like we're going through many divorces and dating today like breaking up with the person you're dating should not feel that weighty of like Mm. this is like almost a divorce like Mm. i'm heartbroken you can't move on i don't think it was ever meant to be like that and I think that's a reflection of how we're dating poorly in that, yeah, that person we're dating is our one sole person that we're sharing these things with. Do you think that this stuff, I, like you kind of talked about discipleship, but I want to go more into that because I think that's really important. Um, <clears throat> like, okay, this is for men and women, but I think that our generation specifically has had just horrible leadership, like growing up, like our parents aren't very good leaders. They, they don't 
general this is generally speaking this is not every single person but like even statistically like over 50 percent of marriages end in divorce so that's not good and that's for our generation that's getting higher and higher a lot of the kids that i grew up with their parents just didn't have they weren't like christians they didn't really care about their morals it's kind of like just do whatever you want stay out of my way and so a lot of these kids have all this like trauma and baggage growing up that i think a lot of times they just try to go from relationship to relationship to like fill that need for for somebody to care for them and listen to them and help them grow and i think christians have gotten caught in this too where it's and i think that it's i men do it too but i think women just because they're more emotional do it a little bit more and so there's like the term like I don't know if I, whatever, daddy issues. And these girls, they got daddy issues. I'm like, not good, not good stuff. But they'll go from relationship to relationship with men to fulfill that need that their father didn't give them. And so you talk about discipleship. I, do you think that sometimes girls might just be going from relationship to relationship or in these long relationships because they actually aren't being discipled by somebody who's older than wiser, who they can grow in their faith with? And they're trying to fill that void of, discipleship with men i think they're trying to well okay i just want to say i'm speaking to someone with daddy issues so okay. <laughs> this is not this pretentious like yeah you guys mm. have got it all wrong mm-hmm. um i i think that it's trying to fill every emotion or every relational need with mm. one guy so yeah maybe discipleship and a mentor and a leader but also friendship and also it's it's putting all of the like variety of relationships we're supposed to have and this um, community of people we're, we're made, made to walk with in our life and putting it all all of that weight on one person mm-hmm. um, to be I think there's there's language we even use for that like my spouse is my best friend and like I hope your spouse is one of your best friends <laughs> but I hope <laughs> eventually but I hope that you have other best friends who yeah. are women um, or for men men and so um yeah, I think it's not only discipleship. I think that's one piece of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This might sound like a really churchy answer too, but I think like the biggest relationship that you need to fill that void is a relationship <laughs> yes. with Jesus. Like if mm-hmm. you're trying to fill any, you have any of these unmet needs or insecurities mm-hmm. and you're trying to fill them, even a discipler, like you're trying to fill them with sinful people right. who aren't always going to be able to meet those needs. Like you're never going to be completely satisfied or content relationally until you're satisfied in your relationship with Jesus. Okay. I w- okay. I get what you're saying, <laughs> but people can't know how to operate in a good relationship with God outside of discipleship or mentorship. Yeah, I agree with you. And so like, I think that our generation just doesn't care about that at all. For some reason we don't. And there's a billion messes because of it and people aren't doing anything about it. And so hundred percent, your relationship with Jesus and with God is the most important one. But I don't think you can, I don't know how you can read the Bible and operate in a relationship with God without being discipled or mentored by somebody. It doesn't even make sense because then I'm trying to make up what I think Christianity means based off of my interpretation of it, not getting, you know, wise counsel on it. It is ideal to have, I mean, we're meant to have people um, shepherding us. However, I mean, you even see with Paul, he wrote letters to the church, right? Mm-hmm. He was he was mentoring them and discipling them, yeah. but from afar. And so I think it is, we do need to be careful to say, like, if you can't find, I mean, you meant, you brought this up, Kaylin, when we were talking earlier, but like, if you can't find a mentor right now, like, 
that's okay. You can find discipleship through the word of God, through older authors. In college, I um, read a lot of Elizabeth Elliot. I was just talking about her before at the podcast. Um, because I didn't, I didn't have a mentor, but I, her word, she's, I mean, she's passed away by now, but she just has this, a different perspective. So I think mm-hmm. it is helpful to have someone ahead of you, but you can find that in more creative ways if you can't find a person. A person is ideal because you can see yeah. them living their life and you can see their normal person. You can see how they fall and yeah. how they repent and how, you know, that's ideal. Yeah. But it's okay. You're, we you can to. be a Christian without having a disciple at this moment. Yeah, 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 it's possible. It's just a danger. It's dangerous to it's do anything in isolation. It's dangerous to read the Bible yes. and like, try to interpret it in isolation. Right, right. And, well, I mean, right. if you're like in China and you really don't have any options, I'm like totally right. But the thing is about in America, there's so many options yeah, that like if excuse. you don't have a person to disciple you, it's because you're lazy. Yeah. Um, shameless plug. What's the book that you have? <laughs> you, she brought a book. I'll show it. Yeah, show it to the camera. Look at this. Sp- Spencer's going to zoom in on your face <laughs> um, <laughs> on Amazon for, for $4. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's even on Amazon anymore. Maybe, hopefully it is. It's called Let Me Be a Woman by Elizabeth Elliot, and it's talking about femininity. It's her. She's talking to her daughter. She's writing letters to her daughter, um, and it's very good. You'll probably read it and feel angry sometimes, but that's probably a good thing. Yeah. But yes, I, I do I do agree that real people, you should definitely have real people in your life leading you. That's yeah. something where I think if you read the Bible in isolation and try to live out this on your own, you're going to yes. cater it to your own life and do right. what's comfortable. And yeah. that's why you need to have people who are going to say things that probably will make you angry. Because yeah. yeah. otherwise we're going to filter it through our own lens mm-hmm. and walk out our faiths in a way that makes sense to us, is comfortable to us, and like fits our lifestyle well. Yeah. And that's why it's dangerous, I think. Well, one of the reasons why... I like doing these, well, I like and dislike doing these dating podcasts because out of all the podcasts that we've done, these ones have gotten the most negative feedback, generally from women. They just, for some reason, hate this. Mm. And so this podcast, and I probably should have said at the beginning, like we're going to say things, I think we've already said things that people aren't going to like. And so, um, my throat, Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about... I think Nick gave a sermon and he was like, if you leave church like every week feeling good about what was said, then like, he's like, I'm, like, I'm not doing my job. That's paraphrasing. He probably didn't say it exactly like that. But basically you should read the Bible and you should leave church and you should kind of be a little frustrated or angry and be like, wait, what was that? And so I think women are might get pissed off at this podcast, but I want to go into something like, I'm just saying that as a precursor to what we're going to talk about next, because I think they're going to even get more mad at this and I'm going to go hard on this and I don't even care. You can send me mean emails, um, whatever, (laughs) be mad at me. I don't care. I'm so sick of this next thing that we're going to talk about. So the next question, and I'll let you guys talk first. I'll try to be as calm as I can and you guys can tell me to shut up, but like, I'm so, I'm fired up. Okay, dude. Um, how has secular culture shaped or uh, seeped into Christian dating culture. And, I, and I'm thinking more on the, on the lines of like social media and like image. Does that make sense? Yeah. You guys sense. go ahead. Um, I think that there's some underlying things. Like we mentioned our consumer culture. So shopping for this exact right product in a spouse, I think that does go probably both ways for men and women. But um, for women, I see this um, paralysis of 
like wanting to find the right person and this paralysis and thinking about marriage because they might not be the exactly right person. Um, so that's, that's sort of this, like we end up finding any little flaw or they have to be exactly right and fit this image of, um, and fit this checklist of what a man should be and not get anything wrong. And sometimes I think our, our expectations are off in terms of we expect men to be women <laughs> too, in certain ways, like em- emotionally and etc. Um, so just being careful of um, our expectations in that way and the image that we're looking for in a spouse. That's less of the personal image of women, but yeah. I think it goes both ways. Yeah. So like Andy said, I feel like I can speak to this as a 22 year old who is on some social media. I just see people on social media, especially who are, okay, I guess people, I think people look for relationships that are going to look good on social media. They don't Mm -hmm. really care if they're following the biblical standards. I truly think that some people, girls, especially just date guys to look good on social media. I don't even think like some people to me is ridiculous. It's almost everybody in our generation. Okay. Like it's crazy. Go ahead. I'm going to talk after you. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. Like it is really bad. Just like this idea that I want a picture perfect relationship to post on social media, to have like cute stories with, to go on cute dates with. And kind of just toting around the guy you're dating um, to impress your followers and the people that follow you, yeah, that are on your social media. It's kind of ridiculous. And I think a big part of that is that we see these Christian influencers on social Mm -hmm. media who are doing the same things with their husbands. And they're like posting about them and all these pictures and fun vacations and their little families. And we just want that. It becomes an idol that Mm -hmm. we really strive for. And so we want the same things. And so we're dating not for marriage. We're dating to have a picture perfect relationship on social media in like this really self glorifying toxic way. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally what I, th- I think. Okay. But I think also from the perspective of a guy, I've talked about this with some of my friends. I think a lot of guys are like simps and they get caught up in this whole thing. And Can people, you define simp? A yes, simp? Please. I don't know. You don't know what a simp is? No. Okay. I am said 31 and I had old. old. No, you don't know what a simp I didn't, is? No, I just had someone explain it to me because someone, yeah. never mind. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Maybe you're a boomer. Did, did you look it up? No. Oh, okay. Is it like so, a guy who, uh, you're like, mm. Okay. So wh- my understanding is a simp is like a guy who will basically like Okay, it's more of a sexual term, but we'll do anything to for sex. Okay, a Christian simp. This is I'm making this up right now. A Christian <laughs> simp is basically, it's just like a Christian guy who will just do anything to get like married, and like their like focus is marriage or like or to or to like I don't want to sin uh, to get in a relationship so that they can get basically it's the to same have thing. Sex? Basically, I think so. Okay, get, because then they can like get married they're doing to have anything sex. to, to get to the yeah. goal of marriage so that they yeah, can have so sex. Yeah, they can have sex. Yeah. Okay. I, that's just what I think that is going on. Is it on kind here. of like the term like they're whipped? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Are you familiar with that, Joe? No, but I'm learning so many things. Whipped. So <laughs> this is. I don't even think I can, I can describe. Whipped is like they dote on their girlfriend so okay. that they can have sex. It's all everything. Okay. It literally came that, from like. I guess I've never thought about it in terms of the end goal. I believe yeah. that would happen. That totally. And it is happening. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'll look at some of these guys who are in a relationship with Christian girls and constantly put oh, social media is like what it's all about and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And. I think that a lot of guys have just gotten caught up in it because it's 
almost every girl is doing this. So it's like, if I want to find a wife, I just kind of have to deal with that. And I have to deal with these girls who are just going to kind of use me on social media. And that's just kind of what you have to do. And I don't know, from the perspective of a guy and talking with some of my guy friends, I'm just going to say this. Like, that is extremely unattractive when, and it's very hurtful to guys. And I don't think people say this often. And I, and I, I don't even know. I'm, maybe I'm being too much of a jerk on this podcast. I don't know. But I think that it's extremely hurtful to guys. Like, I know a lot of guys who are just like, I don't want to like date girls anymore in the church because I know it's all just for show mm-hmm. or, and they can't be honest. And there's like this lack of, I guess, just like godliness in these people. And, and you have guys who are not asking girls out anymore. And there's a lot of reasons that go into it, but I think this is one of them. And then you have girls complain, well, why aren't guys asking me honest? Like, mm-hmm. if you just want to, you know, pull us around as your little, like, you know, trophy person, mm-hmm. like dating person, then why would anybody want that? And it's not desirable. And if there's the things that the world is doing, then why are you doing it as well? And so... I have a question. Yeah. Does... This ha- does this same phenomenon play out like offline too, like not on social? So it seems like social media has inflamed something, some mm-hmm. phenomenon already. Of like, do you? Do I know what you're you, asking. Yeah, asking because I'm wondering what it looks like not on social media because I feel like the similar things happened um, in relationships I saw like when I was in college before social media. I don't think Instagram existed or I didn't know about it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's, yeah, if we see it in other ways too. Well, I'll answer Great. and then you tell me if you think that I'm completely wrong. Okay. Um, I think that what happens in real life compared mm-hmm. to on social media is yeah. that you, like, I think that they try, like people in these relationships try really hard in real life. Like we need to make our life look just like social media. Everything needs to look perfect. It's this whole, like, let's make things look perfect. But in real life, when you're around people long enough, you know, their Mm -hmm. dysfunction starts to, um, show. And so I think that like people can't hold it up long enough, but I think that that's, I think that that's really in the back of people's minds more often, like more so than I even expected. Cause Mm. I am not like generally like that just as a person. Like I don't really care what people think about me. So I always get surprised when people are so focused on it, but it seems like our entire culture is like very focused on it. And I think that they try really hard, but I think that there's so much dysfunction too, that even when they try hard, it's like you, we, you know, we can still see this mess. I do. You, do you agree with that? I don't. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I don't think either that like, women are doing this knowing that that's why they're doing it. I don't think they're knowingly being like, I am in this relationship for show. Like, I don't actually think if you ask them, I don't think they would acknowledge that that's their intention at all. I just think we're so steeped in this culture of it that it just happens naturally. And we're Mm -hmm. always trying to keep up with the girls next to us. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. a huge thing with women too is comparison and jealousy. And so you're constantly trying to keep up with that and you can paint this really good picture of it online, but yeah, it's gonna fall apart in person. I I guess I've never really thought about how this plays out in real life. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it also might set, set a expectation for marriage. That's just, you can't, it's not attainable. So Mm -hmm. 
people will go into marriage being like, this is what I want. I want to look as perfect as my dating looked like, but you didn't like live with this person. And then when you start living with them, from what I hear, you like <laughs> things, you start to realize things and it just kind of gets worse. Yeah. Not better after a certain amount of time. And then you got to go to counseling and like deal with your problems. And se- different seasons of life require different things and people change over time. So if you don't really know, if you're not okay being imperfect in front of someone, then changing in front of them is really hard <laughs> too. Yeah. Because when someone becomes a parent, that I mean, that changes them and it's hard. And yeah, So, yeah. okay, so we talked about that's a problem. Yeah. The social media image mm-hmm. thing. What can people do to like change that? I don't, or like mm-hmm. fix it or get better or just not be so focused on some of these things. Get off social media. 100%. <laughs> I mean, I think if that's a problem that you can identify in your life of like, oh, wow, like I am really comparing myself and I'm trying to paint this picture and my Instagram looks just like every other non-Christians, but with just with the Bible verse in my bio, you should <laughs> probably get off of social media for the time being. I really, I no, think I, that. No, I agree. I was going to make a joke. I was going to make a joke. Yeah, or no, do you know what I'm saying? No, oh, I feel totally. like, I mean, that was kind of mean, but no, like, I think, n- I think. I think that I look at a lot of Christian girls in my life and I'm like, your Instagram looks exactly like every other girl's Instagram. You just put a Bible verse in your bio and that's painting a really bad image of Christians. Like we're supposed to be set apart and people look at that and they're like, oh, I can do both. I can label myself as a Christian and live my life and paint this picture of myself just like everyone else does. How that's can, really I mean, harmful. Right. How like... Go, go. say what you're okay. going to say. I have... Yeah, go in, Regarding social media, I think... A good test for how, I mean, okay, so if, you, if you're if you addicted to a drug and you withdraw from it, you like have symptoms, right? And so I think a good test is to just fast from social media and see what happens to you. <laughs> like, look at how much you look at your phone um, automatically. You know, how look at, um, consider how you feel. Do you feel anxious? Do you, like, what are, notice what's going on because those are the little, those are like the cracks that you need to fill in with something else on top of that i would just say to go as far as like can i like don't stop taking pictures of yourself because i like mm-hmm. can you like not just go off yeah. social media can you like go months well, i don't know just maybe start with a month or something yeah, just set a time period like can i go this time period without even taking a picture of myself yeah. like yeah. truthfully i think and enjoy the place you're in and yeah, the like, people you're with can that's I, a test can i go on a date can i hang out with my friends mm-hmm. can i do these things and not have my phone out and not take pictures of yeah. myself during it because that's like I see that a lot too is like people just go on these adventures and outings to take pictures of it and post it like can Mm -hmm. you not only get off social media but just stop taking pictures of Mm -hmm. yourself yeah well this is the question I have is it are Christians I've even asked them like asking this for myself men and women doesn't matter Mm -hmm. are we even capable of being on social media are human beings you think we are well I mean, I have thoughts about this, but I don't know how far you want to go into it. I want to go into it because I think that we're talking (laughs) about dating, but like in our generation, this is huge. I mean, this is a huge problem and it's kind of gross to me and Mm -hmm. I'm so sick and tired of it. Like we're going into it. Okay. So like, (laughs) (laughs) um, here we go. Are human, like are human beings capable of being on social media for any good reason? I've been going back and forth in my head because I'm thinking about like, okay, dude, if I'm married and I, my wife is like constantly posting crap about our marriage on social media and it's like, 
I'm going to get pissed really yeah, my fast. Husband, I, my husband is off, has been off social media for seven years. I was going to say, he doesn't seem like the type of he's guy. He's not. He's posting stuff on He's like, Facebook. I don't care what people think of me. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a different kind of person. Though. Um, I think it is possible because I think the root issue is not social media. I think the root issue is people's insecurity. I don't just mean about themselves. I mean like in relationships. In, so you don't have to hate yourself to feel insecure in some way. You might not identify it as insecurity, but people are looking for worth or approval in some way. And so if you can take away social media because it inflames that, but that, that person, if they're still, like I mentioned before, if there's still those cracks, they're just going to find that somewhere else and do that kind of behavior Mm -hmm. in another way. So with that, I think if you are, pursuing security in Christ. Um, and I know that sounds probably like a churchy vague (laughs) phrase. (laughs) We could go into that if you want, but, um, if you are pursuing being secure, um, in yourself and in Christ, then you can engage with all sorts of tools like social media and be just fine. It is tempting though. Like it is going to be a temptation that you have to be aware of. I also, one more thing. So there's that, like, I think at the root is not social media, but also, it, social media is um, just a reflection of our culture in the world. It's like it's an extension of that. Mm-hmm. And so as Christians, we are called to engage in culture and in the world, but not be of the world. That's the thing. We are yeah. looking too much like the world <laughs> in yeah. social media. Yeah. But we. But I think, I mean, if, if there's a terrible place on earth, like Christians should be there. And so, but they should be like Christians. Christians, not, get on Twitter. It is the <laughs> well, worst place in the world. Twitter, yeah. I mean, there's arguments about like yeah. how much you can do on Twitter with yeah. how many words. But like, yeah. I think of social media, or I think of Instagram yeah. specifically and videos. And like, I think there's ways to use social media not as a platform for your own vanity. Um, and Christians should look different on social media. Totally. Um, I think we should, and it's not just, I'm going to post a Bible verse and that's, and that still posts a selfie of my, you know, yeah, sure. um, it, it looks different, but, um, how can we be creative in this space, uh, to be a light? I think if it's a dark place, we should be there. So basically one second, basically just to clarify, if you're practicing godliness and growing mm-hmm. in your faith, and you want to use the tools of Instagram or whatever the social media is, you, like just a byproduct of practicing godliness and practicing what the Bible teaches is that you're going to use these tools in a different way. Yeah. And so when you and look not be at, addicted to them, you're not going to be addicted to them. You're going to look at your <laughs> mm-hmm. social media and it's going to look completely different than maybe if you weren't practicing these things. Yeah, I would say too that yeah, I think Jill's right. You can use these tools well and you can use them differently than the rest of the world. But just like any other temptation, like if this is something that you struggle with, like yeah. like if you struggle with alcohol, you probably shouldn't go to a bar. If you struggle with vanity and comparison, you probably shouldn't go on social media. Hmm. And so that's why I would say, like it, it, I find it hard to believe that there are a lot of young people who can use these tools well. Like mm-hmm. I think it, once you get more mature in your faith and mm-hmm. you can probably use it well, yeah. but for young people, especially we've like just grown up in this different culture with yeah. it. I think it, most people, most Christians our age should take a break from social media and probably step off of it until they can grow in godliness and be able to come back and use it wisely. Mm-hmm. And I also think I, I'm like, 
hard pressed to find a lot of times if I'm like, oh, I want to post this. I'm hard pressed to find, like I ask myself, like, is there a God honoring reason to post this? Mm -hmm. And like, I find a lot, like it's, Mm -hmm. there's a self, like is a self, is there any God honoring reason to post a selfie? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I I, I would say probably no. I think a lot of it is rooted in vanity. And so I think you have to ask that before Mm -hmm. you post. And that sounds almost like super Christian-y and like almost self-righteous. People are going to be like, this is totally legalistic. But, uh, but but like what I good is there? Like, yeah. that's the question that you got to ask yourself. Like you can call it legalistic all you or want, like, but is what? it glorifying to, to God? God? Is it honoring is it to honor? God? Yeah. Like I mean, like I post crap that doesn't even make any sense, and like it's like really dumb. And I'm like, I have to ask myself that now too. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, okay, like I post things that yeah. People are gonna go on your Instagram and, totally, and call no, you. No, I'm private, so okay. they're not getting on. Sorry. Um, yeah. But, but totally, I post dumb things. My uh, never mind. I won't even go there. But what I'm saying is, that's a good question to ask, and, and I, it's yeah. not legalism. Like just asking somebody, like, "Hey, is what you're doing glorifying to God?" is not legalism. Yeah. It's a another question. another question, another similar frame is: Is it self forgetful? Because I mean, think about it. No one likes to be. It's it is torture to be consumed with yourself all the time. It might not feel that way, but you're. It's a it's an addiction of like, what does that person think? What does that person think? And you're how you feel goes up and down depending on what how many likes you get or yeah. mm-hmm. what pe- how people respond and that is a consuming terrible thing i yeah. can just say i mean i've i've become more and more free of that over time and i think that some of that comes when you're older too but it just it's so terrible mm-hmm. and so um self-forgetfulness is a good way to think about it like am i gonna post this and wonder what people think for the next like day or like be constantly checking to see likes or is this about myself or is it for some something some other reason Mm -hmm. um will it help someone in some way so i think those are all encapsulated under god honoring but Mm -hmm. um it doesn't have to be like literally about god yeah you know it just it just what is it for like is it for yourself and are you gonna be consumed with yourself after you post it yeah i also you guys might be like Tell me if I'm wrong about this. I don't know how women think about this. But when people post about their relationships, like I seriously, I don't care. Like I don't care if you got engaged. I don't care if you got married. I don't, I don't care. And I don't think a lot of people really don't care. I don't know if that's the same. Okay. I think there's things that it's like, we should be joyful as Christians. Like we should be joyful, happy people. Do you think that's legitimate joy? I well, think getting engaged and getting married should be joyful. Yeah. Well, but like Here's if you're the, doing it, you're posting these pictures and then everybody's going to give you their, oh, you guys look so if good. You're like doing, I, if you're posting it for mm-hmm. that response, then you probably shouldn't post it. What other response could you be posting it for? Well, and conversely, so like I mean, you're living, sorry, go ahead. That, I mean, people like, okay, so let's say you have a relative far away. You want them to see the picture. They're going to celebrate. They're going to comment. That's fine. I think it's, again, a question of, are you enjoying that moment? Like with the person that mm-hmm. you supposedly love you know like are you is it is it a is it something are you enjoying the moment so that you can enjoy yourself later Mm -hmm. after you post it or are you present in the moment Mm -hmm. with that person and that's the goal like that's Mm -hmm. the whole that's the purpose of um you're excited to share that versus or just the news versus like the climax is in the sharing Mm -hmm. (laughs) or is the climax in the in that moment with that person you know the reason i'm i'm asking this is because i can't i mean everybody's getting engaged whatever great 
I hope your marriages go well. I do. But when... It's so bitter. No, I do. I'm not bitter. I'm trying to get to the... Okay, Andy, are, I Andy, are you single? I, I hope your marriages are fine. I'm still single. Okay. Um, no, I'm kidding. I hope marriages go fantastic. Does that sound better? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Hope your marriages go great. Um, but it feels like... And I've talked to people who are getting married or who are, have, are now married... There's so much preparation that goes into this, like, um, mm. engagement pictures, like all it's just so important to these people. And then immediately after they're posting it and then it's like, dude, are, are you like, and then every reaction looks sa- the same. The girl's like, oh, I didn't know I was going to get asked to be like, mm. yeah, you did. It'd be like, you're dating this person. But yeah, I, it's, I'm, I'm sound like a a-hole. I'm sorry. Well, no, yeah. that's, that's gets into, I mean, that adds to what I was trying to say, because what are you preparing for there? Mm-hmm. If you're preparing for the revealing of the perfect moment to everyone else, that's mm-hmm. one thing. Like, where is, where is the target you're aiming at? You know? Um, or if, are you preparing, like, it's okay to prepare something special for someone you love, but yeah. are you okay if no one else sees it? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the big Yeah, I think that too. That's why I could go on a whole rant about weddings and like, are you preparing? Like, once you are engaged, are you preparing for a wedding or are you preparing for marriage? And that's why. That's a good question. Yeah, I think that's a huge question that people, and that's like made me. I'm so stressed out right now. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, but that's a huge question. I just see people, they get engaged and it's like they go into this planning mode and yeah, engagement pictures and like, oh my gosh, what type of flowers and cake Mm. and like, like you should be preparing. Like, that's. That's a huge step. Um, the you're wedding, preparing to like become one with someone, not just for huge. one day yeah. in your life. That's gonna. The wedding planning that I've seen looks like like what I imagine hell to be like. Like I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Okay. Like I'm not. Okay. It's installed, dude. I mean, you have yeah. like parents on both sides, like mm-hmm. arguing about everything, and then it's like, well, here's how you need to walk. Here's how you like. Don't tell me. Wedding how to planning walk. can be like, like that even before. So I mean, I got married before no, Pinterest, totally. and it was like that. No, so, I think that has been this way for a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, like, to be completely honest, I, I don't even know if it's all worth it. Like, just go get married and then have sex. Like, that's what you want. <laughs> well, and the like, amount dude, of money, it's like, it's, it's so almost, much money. It's almost. The question is, are we idolizing the mm. marriage um, ceremony right. or are we like, again, that was a good question. What did you even say? Are you preparing? For, are you preparing for a wedding or are you preparing for a marriage? And that here's another test of that. Boom. So <laughs> we, go. I think it. I think at our at my church they were throwing around this idea of like we would just give someone a free wedding if um, I mean it would just be like okay well actually no this does happen I'm sorry I'm stumbling over my words but in premarital counseling if someone is having premarital sex the pastor will say well I could marry you right now mm. and that's a good test of like what am I am I preparing for marriage or preparing for a wedding because people want to wait until they can save up for their wedding mm. versus do you just want to marry this person because you're living like you're married? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will you marry them right now for free with no one watching? You yeah. know, like what? I, yeah, those are some. Extra yeah. Here's one thing, mm-hmm. because we're being very negative. But I do, want to, <laughs> and I want to go back to what you said about like, like I don't care about engagement pictures or wedding pictures. Um, you, right? You said medias. that. No. Yeah, I don't uh, care. Yeah, I do think that as a body of Christ, as a church, you should celebrate and rejoice with one another, and you should like yes. weep with one another. Like you should be a community and a body together. And so I think you should be excited if you see like a God honoring couple, mm-hmm. like they're trying to, they're striving for holiness in their relationship, and they're getting married. I think you should be joyful and celebrate with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I agree. Especially if it's someone that you, you're close, like they're actually, because that's another yeah. thing about social media is we're like fake close with all these people we don't really know. So if it's someone you're in your life, like, mm-hmm. yeah, there should be excitement and celebration about it. And you don't have to celebrate with them by like commenting and be like, oh my gosh, well, I'm so happy Well, that's my thing is but like, when I'm thinking, yeah. I agree with their statement. If it's a God on it relationship, then I'm going to be joyful and celebrate it. The thing, a very telling thing for me is that if your social media post is so like planned and weird and like so perfect, <laughs> that tells me that there might be some problems there and I'm not too excited. I'm not too excited for it. Like there's a lot of people getting married. I'm going to say it. So if it's grainy, it's better. Huh? Don't, if the picture's grainy, is it yeah, like better if it's somehow? it's on a toaster, <laughs> it will be better. No, I'm, it, no, 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 no. But I'm saying like th- just the way that it's all planned out and so perfect is like so, I'm like, that is not how relationships are. There's no way. And so there's a lot of things I've seen on social media in the past like two years and people getting married and I'm just like, I think that there's gonna be a lot of problems there in that marriage later on. No, that's my opinion. Who knows? I can be completely wrong, but I'm not very excited for it. I'm, I'm very frustrated with young people because I think we're jumping into this stuff for the wrong reasons and it's gonna destroy things. Like I saw, like my parents were like, you know, people know their story. They didn't know what they were doing. They got married after three months of dating and both growing up in ridiculously terrible households, like alcoholism and all this crap. And like God got them through it, but their marriages were a mess for like the first 20 years. But was that 15. because of image? So now we're conflated. I mean, there could be lots of problems. It was because marriage. of, it was lack of preparation. I think that back then image like maybe played a, ro- a role, but I think that back in like the nineties, you know, people weren't posting stuff all the time. I think that would have been part of it, but so I think it's lack just, of preparation. I think it, well, that's for marriage, but I thought marriage. we were only supposed to date for three months. No lack of preparation <laughs> in their sing- in, This is my whole, no, listen, listen, <laughs> in singleness, in singleness, in singleness. they, they were yes. not being discipled. Okay, and then it. when they got into this relationship, it became more about codependency than it did about being mm-hmm. godly human beings. And then it became a complete mess. And I think that that's still happening today. But since our culture is a little bit different than it was 20, 30 years ago, it just shows itself differently. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. how can I be even be excited about this? Like I don't, I'm not excited about it. I'm sorry, I'm not excited about all these people getting married because they weren't discipled, they weren't brought up in the faith well, and they don't. They aren't godly people. Like same like myself. Like if I got married right now, I don't know if I would expect people to be happy or not for me. I, maybe I would want Spencer to say, Andy, <laughs> don't get married. I, I don't know, like I, I'm serious, because I'm young, <laughs> he gave us a thumbs up. Um, I'm young. <laughs> And I don't know what I'm doing, and I need to spend time focusing on myself. That's why I'm saying that. So when I do think, you know if you're ready to yeah, be married? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I interrupted you. I bet the, I'm That's the question. Totally That's my question. When yeah. do you know? I'm asking I think it's you. Different for, I think it's different for everybody. But here's how, because not everybody's the same. There's no textbook answer for this. But here's a, here's here here is what I would say, and I'm not a genius, but I think this is might be a, a pretty solid answer, is... You can kind of know based off of, like, I think there's some criteria in your life that you can kind of set out and be like, listen, am I being counseled by wise people? Am I being discipled for a long period of time by wise people being counseled? Do, am I doing well with my, like, sexual purity? And this is more for guys, I guess, for, in no, girls I think it's well, for everyone. For everybody. Am I doing, am I doing good in sexual purity? Am I going to bring a bunch of, like, sexual baggage into this relationship in marriage, okay? Um, am I doing good with my emotional purity? Like, am, am I sustained by God? And, and is it, am I okay being single? Like, do I need to have a relationship all mm-hmm. the time? Um, and, 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 you know, things like that. But those are some, those are three things. But the way that you know two of those things 
is by being counseled by godly people. Like, like you're, you, people are usually not capable of looking at their self honestly. And so if you don't have people older and wiser than you telling you, hey, look, like you're not ready because you're struggling with this and this and you're going to bring that into a marriage, you can't do that. And the problem is I don't see a lot of young people being actually discipled by older people. And so who's going to tell somebody that they're not ready? All their friends are involved in this, this mess of dating and social media. So it's like, yeah, I want to get married. And then they just affirmed by everybody else around them who's also in their mess. It's like people who do drugs aren't going to tell you to stop doing drugs because you're doing drugs with them. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think a good biblical example of this um, that is often twisted for, yeah, uh, is Boaz and Ruth. So, like, <laughs> Christian women will be like, oh, I want a Boaz. Great. Boaz is great. That is a good thing. Yeah. But you have to look at Ruth. And Ruth was not, like, um, I mean, she was not just standing there waiting for a man to come find her, doing nothing. She, I mean, she was, like, a powerful woman who was very self-sacrificial. She was very godly. She was um, taking care of her mother-in-law, who she had no obligation to anymore, um, so just looking at the kind of person who attracted someone like Boaz mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. That's, that's a way to know, am I ready for marriage? Is you're kind of not, um, you like might, do you want Boaz, you want Boaz. What does Boaz want, want you? you? Right. Yeah. yeah. Does Boaz Boom. want you? That's, right. these are that's good. what I was going to say. Yeah. Dude, are you like, write these are down, you, like you want this? I know you don't like this term, but like godly guy, for lack of a better word. You want this Christ-like godly guy, but is a Christ-like godly guy going to want to date you? Right. And that's a really good question And for guys, is a Christ-like godly woman going to want to date you? Should they want to date you? Yeah, that's a question you need to be asking yourself. All day, every day. Yeah. And what you see in Boaz and Ruth on both sides is self-sacrifice and love. Like actual genuine love, not like romantic, Mm -hmm. just romantic feelings. Romantic feelings are fine, but they have actual self-sacrificial love for the other person and for other people in their life, like Ruth and her mother-in-law. And so that's a good test of how godly you are is how self-sacrificially loving you are in Mm -hmm. relationships. And I think you hit on a good point too, just like how content are you with being single? Like if you're not content being single, you shouldn't, you should be single until you are content. And it's like even deeper than just being single how like do you find your satisfaction and joy in christ yeah. if, you, if yeah. you if you're single and you're like i'm fine being single but you don't have an intimate relationship with, with jesus and with god which is like i'm saying this but like i struggle with this more than anybody because intimacy to me is weird and so like i struggle with intimacy and that's a problem for me and i'm trying to figure it out and so it's like i'm kind of thinking you know if i can't be intimate with god who's like you know he loves me no matter what, how am I going to be intimate with somebody who's like way more emotionally unpredictable than God and like and sinful and sinful and messed up? You know, I can't. It's going to yeah. be very hard for me to do that. Okay, Jill, are you going to read something out of the book? I'm trying to. Okay, well, I'll I'll just say this. Elizabeth Elliot has a whole chapter on how a single the single life is a gift. And Elizabeth I, Elliot, is she she's dead. You said no. she is dead. Okay. But you should read more dead people's. Books, well, she probably. can't come on the podcast. No, she's amazing. Though. <laughs> Rest um, in peace. I don't know if I can find it in time. Sorry. Yeah. But it's just, it's really good. And that might sound like that's old and outdated and like whatever, but I wish I could find the part. And she was widowed. She was widowed twice. Twice. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Bible's old and outdated too, so. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I just want to wrap this up because I feel like people might be thinking right now, 
this is one of the most negative things I've ever heard. Yeah, in my we're life. being really negative. But okay. I okay, and I kind of expected that going into this, and I know it doesn't sound good or feel good, but I just have like I've had friends that are close to me just be like just hurt by women in the church right now. And this podcast is more like, dude, men are not doing well either. And I, I think we've said a billion times in all the other podcasts. You did talk about that for three episodes. Three episodes. So just so you know, if this is your first <laughs> one you're listening to, go back to the yeah. first three, listen to how bad men suck, and then come to this one. Maybe you'll feel a little bit better. Um, and men are not always sucky. There's, there's a That's mix. That's true. And so, but I do, I think that it would be good maybe to, I don't know, like try to bring some positivity into it. I have no idea how. I'm just thinking of this right now <laughs> I don't because know, yeah. I think there's so many issues right now with our generation. But with some encourage, I, some type of encouragement because it's like everything that we said was basically negative, and it's good because people got to get called out for their crap. And if nobody wants to say it, optic theology will say it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tagline. We'll, we'll say it. We'll say it. But no. <laughs> what, like, I guess, what encouragement would you guys give mm. to women in our generation? Um, and in all generations, older, younger, whoever, people who want to date, who want to be married, who want to just be more godly, what encouragement would you give them? What things would you say, hey, like, here's how we're going to encourage you? What would you say to them? I would start by saying, okay, we've talked a lot about personal responsibility. Like, that's what this is about. Um, a lot of this. Personal responsibility sounds hard, and you might think, well, it's their fault, too. But personal responsibility is really freeing because that is, you might feel out of control in so many ways. In relationships, you are very out of control because it's with another human being and we spend so much time as women trying to control the relationship or the other person. But with personal responsibility, you do have control with that. It's very freeing to be to know you can change yourself and to become um, more godly, to um, become more secure. You have control over all of that. And that will end up being more attractive to other people, whether it is friends, whether it is someone you're going to marry someday. But that focus on what you have control over, because um, you will find a lot of contentment and freedom and um, just joy in when you follow that path. Like personal responsibility is for your own growth. Yeah. Yeah. It's freeing because you don't have to. Because now you're not responsible for everybody else. Well, yeah, that's one piece of it. But also you do have control of that. Like we just, we kind of look for control, self-control. And I mean, we look for control yeah. outside of us, but self-control is something we do. Yeah. We are to embody. So the encouragement is like, like, you know, focus you on change. The, yeah. <laughs> and it like will be, it, it will lead to good results that you are looking for. And that's the expectation in yeah. the Bible is that if you have a revelation with Jesus and you're following him, you're going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything? Yeah, I can give some like practical, just like yeah. hands-on ways that I think we can grow in godliness as far as dating culture goes. I think like we've talked about so much, I think you need to get off of social media if you are younger and just more immature in your faith. I think, yeah, because that is feeding into your idol of dating and relationships. So if you idolize, if your thoughts are consumed with relationships and wanting to be dating someone, you should probably get off of social media because I would, I have a good reason to believe that that's probably feeding into that idol. Um, And instead of social media, you need to get in the word. You need to stop filtering who you want to date with culture and your feelings, and you need to filter it with what God's word says you should be looking for in a spouse. Um, And along with that, get discipled. Find someone who can 
read the Bible with you and help you interpret it and um, apply it to your life in a biblical way. Um, and yeah, we've talked a lot about just, you need to be fully satisfied in Jesus before you're trying to satisfy yourself with someone else. Cause no other sinful person is ever going to fill those holes and desires in you until you're completely content in your relationship with the Lord. So, and go on dates. I would say if you are telling me there's here's a thing that I hear a lot from girls is like, there's just no guys that I could possibly date. Right. And I think part of that Spencer, comes from Spencer's here. <laughs> I would just tell you to go on a date with Spencer. He's like smiling. He's like, yeah, guys, keep it up. Um. No, but seriously, because mm-hmm. if you're saying that either there's one of two things I think either you're idolize you're idealizing the type of guy you want to be yeah. dating with those unrealistic standards that we talked about, mm-hmm. or you're just not plugged into a local church or Christian yeah. community. Like, yeah. and both of those are bad. So Can if I you add to that one, yeah. Okay. Um, I, so I, at my local church, I hear a lot of women say there's no guys around. And I think there are a lot of solid guys. I'm literally there every week, so (laughs) (laughs) I I go to the same church. Yeah. Um, Sometimes. And so we do need to evaluate what our criteria are and like give people a chance and like get to know them. Sure. Yeah. I just, I agree with that. They are there and you, they might not be what you are expecting or what you're Yes. Mm -hmm. If a guy who is trying to be obedient to the Lord asks you on a date, Please just say yes. Go on a date. It's not going to kill you. Dudes don't even want to ask girls out yeah, because they're so afraid Guys fear rejection so much. They Dude, might sucks. seem super confident, okay. but I, yeah, yeah, I've been told by many guys that like they're <laughs> terrified to ask a girl out. So if a guy in your church yeah. asks you on a date, just say yes. Go on a date with them. Even if you think he's ugly. But, okay, but I will I mean, say, like, even but if you think also, ugly. to date, well, I think to date in a God-honoring way, you need to be honest to people, and right. so don't keep dating them. Right, yes. you go on a first date, yep. and, like, and he doesn't blow you away, be like, listen, I don't want to go on a second date. Yes, you on a second date, say, um, I'm not interested, I don't I think that you I appreciate you asking me on a date, but I'm not interested. I and would be more specific than that. Yeah, you can be specific. Don't give, yeah, don't lie. Don't You're, say, don't I'm not lie. looking yeah. for a relationship yeah. right now, if you are. Right. And then, oh, don't even get me started. We didn't even talk about that. But yeah, if you are looking for a relationship, don't use that as an excuse because that's just a lie. That's sinful. Yeah. But be honest with them, but in a gentle and loving way. Yeah. yeah. Totally. The most loving thing you can do is to be honest with them, yeah. I think. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, they're not going to... All, if all the women are telling all the guys that, they're not going to change into what you think you would like. Right. <laughs> so just be honest yes. in a nice way. In a right. And way. I think you can be honest and encouraging at yeah. the same time and be like, yeah. like, they're, like, I'm just not interested in you, but you are... Like, I can see that you're trying to be a godly person. And, like, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that just doesn't happen a lot. And I think a lot of guys mm-hmm. just get so discouraged and we get in our own head. And it's like, oh, she doesn't want to date me. Like, I'm just the most messed up person ever. And it's like, yeah. no, maybe she just thinks that you're ugly. And that's fine. You can't do anything to change that. Girls think I'm ugly. Some girls do. Some crazy girls. Some, like, they're <laughs> out of their minds. But they do. Some people think I'm ugly. And it's totally fine. Everybody, everybody thinks somebody's ugly. Yeah. That's how life is. And so it's totally fine. Yeah. But affirm the fact that they asked you on a date too. Affirm that and and be encouraging to them if they're a person that you see as a godly person. Like Mm -hmm. regardless of dating or not, we should just be doing that. They're still your brother in Christ. Exactly. And so you kind of just wrapped all those things up. I think that's... I have one more thing to add that you can do. I think women need to pursue female friendships. Yeah. Um, That is scary and hard. And you might think, I... Can't, there's no women I know who I want to be friends with. 
but you can set the tone um, for that. A lot of it is jealousy and comparison and insecurity, um, and female friendships are really hard. Mm-hmm. However, um, just try again, like dating. Just try. Pick someone. Say, hey, do you want to hang out? And if you feel jealous of someone and you're kind of close to them, one thing I did with with my friendships is I would. I mean, we started telling each other when we were jealous of each other. Mm-hmm. That makes a friendship go deeper really fast, and you get it out in the light, and it's gone. Um, but just starting to like find someone you can confess into, who you can walk with, who can share your burdens, um, because that will take all of this emotional weight off of your future spouse and the dating relationship as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know for the like four women who haven't turned it off because they got pissed off in the middle of it. I, I do. I just want to say like, I don't know. This is def- we've we've gotten pretty intense, and maybe it feels like we've just been bashing women the entire time. And I really hope that that's not what people feel. Maybe I maybe maybe I come off that way, and if I do, like, and if you're a woman and are listening to this, and you think I'm just you know talk to me and tell me horrible, just whatever you can tell me whatever you want, get mad at me, whatever. But I think that it would be good maybe to like pray yeah, us I out think so. because. Hmm. Either people can receive this really good or they can receive this really bad. And I don't want to get, you know, the last couple we got, I got like some really, really mean, mean messages Mm -hmm. from actually all from women. And so like, listen, if you don't like it, that's totally fine. And send me Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, But But be willing to have a conversation about it. Don't just want to. Yeah. And first, don't just go into attack mode. Just sit on it. Yeah. Think, think about like, is there any grain of, I mean, with any input you get from anyone any advice you should say is there any grain of truth in this yeah at all you're like right. maybe you don't like their tone that's fine but is there anything true about it yeah. just sit on it a bit and then talk to andy <laughs> and then tell me i literally <laughs> i have people come to me like at least once a month and tell me how much they hate me and that's i mean it's fantastic i'm like listen i'm sorry well and hopefully so. a lot of what we said is rooted in um, the Bible and God's word. Totally, so yeah. I hope that you wouldn't be necessarily angry with us, but maybe you need to well, even, <laughs> pray about it and wrestle with it with God right. more than us, because yeah. I would hope yes. that what we're saying isn't coming from us actually, but yeah. this is coming from the word. Right. 100%. Do one of you guys want to pray? Jill? I will pray. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. I know you can pray, Caitlin. I'm just like, I'm 22. I can't yeah. pray. I'm uh, the elder. <laughs> I don't think the young eldest. people should pray. No. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, God, we, first of all, submit all of our words to you. I pray that um, what was truthful would um, go out like a sweet fragrance to the people who are listening and would um, be beneficial to them by your spirit, not because we said it, but because um, it's true. And I also pray that um, you would uh, change hearts um, in our culture, in our um in various generations in different ways, but that we would become more like you, that we would seek uh, your face and not the faces of a bunch of people looking at us um, all around, but that we would um, set our eyes and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and um, as our example, and that we would have a a cloud of witnesses cheering us on who are godly people who want us to become more like Christ. So I pray that for every woman and man listening um, to this podcast, and I pray that for us in this podcast as well, that you would um, make us more like you, and that we would um, have really godly, life-giving, and rich relationships with each other. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to do one more plug. 
one more person. I was going to bring him up the whole time. Jack Jasper. Are you kidding me, ladies? Jack Jasper <laughs> is the man. I'm looking at the camera. We're going to put a picture of Jack Jasper in here. He doesn't know I'm doing this. He might hate this he so hate this. much. Jill, you know Jack. He's legit. He's the best. Yeah. Women, what are you doing? Yeah, my husband ment- mentors Jack, and he's great. He, Yeah, he shows up to my house with... He comes for dinner, to, and he like helps with my kids, and he does my dishes. He literally was, and yeah. he was doing dishes when we were on the video call. On the video call, and he brings Insane. bread every week to dinner, mm-hmm. and he's great. He's Jack responsible. Jasper. He's godly. He's great. Literally, insane. Very kind. Yeah. yeah. How is he not married? Guys should be married. Okay, that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Make sure to share it, like, subscribe, follow, leave a review. Five stars, all that fun stuff. This is the first one that's ever gone on YouTube video. So whatever. If you hated that, let us know. That's on Spencer. He did all that. Um, and I'll, I'll but also his, you should date Spencer. Also you should date him though. Yeah, he might suck at video, but you should date him. We're going to put your phone number at the bottom of this so that like if people hate it, just call Spencer. Um, anyways, that's it. Maybe we'll try to do more in the future on video. I like, I like doing video. It's a pretty intense setup, but whatever. Cool. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Goodbye.